0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. We are a place where entrepreneurs, startups, and founders uh, get together with um, people from uh, the venture capital world, angels, VCs, family offices, and we talk about how to make uh, how great companies work and how to make great companies work. And to that end, we are joined today. Uh, I should add before I say who we're joined by, before the surprise guest. Well, he's not really a surprise, but because um, <laughs> I knew he was coming. Um, we are not a place that makes any recommendations to invest or buy or sell or anything like that. So do your own research. That's always that's always the best bet. But I do want to welcome um, today to the accelerator, Alex Smekoff uh, of WordCab. Welcome, Alex.
1: Can you hear me, Hi, Alex? Great to be yeah. here.
0: Welcome, welcome to you. And um, I want to point out you were... Um, Uh, referred to me, I was referred to you by uh, an angel investor in New York named Francis Santora, who I'm actually working with at Startup VC as entrepreneur in residence. Uh, He's a very smart guy. I'm beginning to think we have the same taste. So he likes you a lot. Um, And what I wanted to do is I'm going to let you describe WordCab um, briefly, and then I'm going to actually read an example of your work. So what is WordCab?
1: So in a nutshell, WordCab is an API as a service that takes any raw audio file, such as an MP3 or M4A, or a text transcript and transforms it into a human-sounding summary. Now, that sounds a little bit vague, human-sounding, so I will let you read the generated summary just so people can get a sense of what that sounds like.
0: Yeah, and, and just maybe to put it in my words, what I would say is that uh, I would point out that, given that we live in a world of um, of uh, Zoom and all kinds of transcripts being generated that were not generated before, I mean, I think this volume is is really new. Um, and you are you have a tool um, that allows people to deal with that and not without human intervention. That's the key thing. There's not somebody doing this. So um, you said to me, Alex, that the best way to prove this, the best way to show this, was to um, do a, um, uh, a WordCap transcript of a WordCap summary, I should say, of our last meeting. So I'm going to read from that. Uh, I'm going to read the short version. There's also a longer version. So there's actually a lot of detail here. Um, so here is here is what it sounds like. This was our last meeting. Alex says they raised 400k from the syndicate. Michael and Alex discuss the AI models they've taught. For the data set michael and alex overview the education and health healthcare space alec notes that alex notes that investors get a 20 percent discount on the next round um alex says they're a customer of sonic excellent for foreign language transcription uh, alex mentions that conversation intelligence will become the buzzword in one to two years now i want to that's about half of it but i want to hold it there because what's really interesting to me about this, about WordCap is I, it, you know, had I been a journalist writing an article as I used to do in my youth, I probably would have led with uh, the conversation intelligence, conversational intelligence concept. And why why it's interest, interesting in the summary is that that came right at the end of our conversation. And here it is in the summary, basically right at the beginning. So how do, how do you do that? That's almost like magic to me.
1: If you're asking how the the summary kind of whittles down all the fluff from the transcript, uh, there's a few basic steps uh, in between, right? So the first thing we do is remove any salutations that could be hellos and goodbyes uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then we try to remove any back and forth dialogue. Usually when we we, uh, have very short sentences exchanged between each other, it's not very important. We might be talking about the weather or, just saying, Hey, how are you good? You know, uh, who else is joining? Oh, so and so, so it might not be very, very important, but when we have longer utterances, like I'm speaking right now, that might be more important. And that's what we kind of look at. Right. And so we after really... we, we remove that kind of fluff, we... hmm go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask are we going to do a word cab summary of this podcast? That's that's uh we can put that on our Substack account if you'd like.
1: Yeah, sure. So this is being recorded, right?
0: Uh, so, yeah, if, required, you file, yeah, required, if you give me
1: the MP three yeah, file,
0: yeah, if you give me the MP three file, okay, that sounds right. that sounds great. So, uh, I, I guess I forgive me for interrupting you. So, you get, but you actually get rid of stuff kind of automatically based on length, and the notion that it's just kind of not important. And is that based on any research? Is that based on a hunch? Is that based on academic stuff? How do you, How do you come to that conclusion?
1: uh well it's it's kind of funny. It doesn't come from like the root of wordcab's logic doesn't come from any technical know-how it's It's really my experience in in copywriting and journalism mm-hmm. right F- uh, for about five years of my writing career uh I was writing newsletters and and article summaries for consultancies such as the Boston Consulting Group. Um, so, you know, I've, I've written summaries for years. I understand how they're structured, what makes a good summary. And I've applied that logic, uh, to, to how we construct our examples, which we use to train our summary models, right? So all all those rules that I've gathered over the years, kind of intuitively knew, I put them down and, and created a data set specifically geared towards summarizing messy conversations.
0: So you're a writer, but you're also a coder you're also somebody who can actually put right, it into, right. into, into uh, software. So um, so that's very interesting. So let's talk a little bit about your background, because you really are a storyteller originally, right? Um, uh, copywriter. Uh, and what other things did you write as a as a younger as a younger person?
1: Any anything from content writing, blogs, uh, copy for social media, any, anything you can think of um, as you, as you might understand, when, when you're a run, r- young writer, you're, you're trying to get any kind of job you can.
0: Yes, I, mean, uh, I So
1: you take on a myriad of different yeah. job types, right? Yeah, so so I've, I've written everything from yeah. Go ahead.
0: You go, you no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. No I was just going to say, I've written everything from a copy about, uh, I don't know, Batman candles, um, hello kitty hoodies, you know, when I was much younger to more serious journalism pieces, investigative journalism pieces, uh, anything I could get my hands on.
0: Okay. So, um, when did you get the idea for WordCap? How long ago?
1: Around the end of 2020, uh, I started experimenting with article summarization. Yeah. I, I, I've been, by that point, I've been playing with large uh, summary models, large language models in general for a few years. Uh, and I wanted to automate what I used to do, which is write, uh, summaries for articles.
0: So, um, sounds so good. you had this idea, you've had this idea. Was this a pre pandemic idea? Sounds like it was, no, it sounds like. Actually it was, uh,
1: actually post-pandemic. It was it, yeah, it was, it was post pandemic. Uh, I figured, you know, this would be a good way to summarize articles for people who don't want to uh, read that much on the go. Uh, And then I quickly switched to conversations, right? So um, internal meetings, sales calls, customer support calls, because I figured, okay, not many people are trying to do this. There's not that much public data available to train these types of summary models. Uh, and it seems like a much more pressing problem because unlike an article, which, you know, is structured, well-written for the most part, uh, human conversation is messy. It's all over the place. There's a lot of disfluencies, uh, like "ers" and ums and all that kind of stuff that, uh, we go on tangents, right? Like I just went on a, a tangent, uh, mid sentence. So it's, it's very messy to summarize that. And I like the idea of the challenge and. Uh, I thought it was much more pr- pragmatic than uh, summarizing articles.
0: What's interesting about it to me, um, like yourself as a as someone who's done journalism, is what, um, uh, though I, you know, I go back pretty, I go all the way back to, um, uh, to typewriters and copy paper and carbon. So I go to, back to the dawn of time on this. But as a journalist, I never recorded anything. I always took notes. And I used to tell people now my note taking, of course, was not perfect far from it, but I would always make sure to get the most important phrase verbatim and right and kind of build around that. But there was a lot of invention in that process. And sometimes journalists are criticized for that. But but basically, here's my point. If I had actually quoted what people were saying, it would be unintelligible <laughs> a lot of times. Okay. Um you know, journalists have gone to this very heavy interview format, and, uh, but they're editing those transcripts. I mean, I I, I think they're editing almost in every case. So you produce a summary that like the one we just read from, uh, Alex, and um, I would say it's not perfect. So it's very useful, not perfect, because it'd be very hard to make it perfect. But it was able to figure out the most important thing you said and put it up front. And it, and it, it kind of did some, almost like some editing on the fly to put to prioritize things. So um, how much of that and this, this impulse came out of, um, came out of the Zoom world? In other words, in the pandemic, Zoom just became prevalent. How much a part of your business plan and your thinking was were video transcripts, specifically Zoom being the leading one?
1: Well, with our API, uh, we, we tried to make it as uh, frictionless and as accessible as possible. So it's not tied it's to Zoom, right? So you, you could right. use any any platform, any recorder to, to generate the, the recording, the audio file, or the text transcript. And we even accept uh, transcripts generated by by other APIs, for example, and you just take that raw output and put it through the WordCap API to get the summary so it's it's not exactly tied to zoom but uh, i think what you said is is relevant in that this is a very remote meeting uh tied product or or a product tied to the post pandemic world mm-hmm. um but uh when i was when i was starting this i wasn't really thinking about it because i've been working remotely most of my life right so it it was pretty natural to do online meetings uh, years before you know it became normal uh, so uh, it, it didn't uh, seem strange or opportunistic uh, when when I started it. Uh, it just felt a, like a natural extension of what, what, what I was already doing.
0: So the need was there anyway, but maybe Zoom has now um, put the need on steroids to create summaries. So what is conversational intelligence? Let's go back to where we started here. You've, you've, Is it a new category that you feel you've created? Is it something that uh, people are talking about now? Uh, What is it and how big is the opportunity?
1: I definitely didn't create it. And it's definitely not a new term. And like most uh, buzzwords, it came out of uh, other terms or there were other terms for it before conversation intelligence came along. Uh, You know, for a while it was detecting intents and call drivers or detecting action items and calls or figuring out uh, the percentage of how much someone spoke right that that was considered conversation intelligence and it still is. But, you know, there's now there's uh, more advanced features that that fall under the conversation intelligence umbrella, such as summarization uh, and and other interesting features like uh, sentiment and emotion analysis Mm -hmm. uh, and, and other things.
0: Emotion analysis. Is that something you do at WordCamp?
1: It's something that's still in the R and D stages. uh, And I definitely like it better than sentiment analysis, which is um, for the most part labeling something as positive, uh, negative or neutral. And I think if you're talking about a call or uh, a set of calls, it's it's, it's very limiting to say this call was positive, or, you know, this call was neutral. Uh, And it's, it's much, um, it's much better to detect the emotions throughout the call or throughout a set of calls and see how, for example, the prospects uh, or, or, uh, or callers uh, emotions are changing over time based on what the, the agent or, or what the sales rep is saying. Um, so that's, that's what you, we're currently yeah, uh, investigating right now.
0: And how do you, so here's a, here's the key thing. And we're talking with Alex Smekoff of, uh, WordCab. He's a founder and I believe CEO. Is that right, Alex? Um, do I have that right? Right. And, um, uh, his, uh, his company has, uh, is, exploring the ground of uh what he calls and others call conversational intelligence how i think this is important how are customers and how many customers do you have how are they using it right now what is it being used for
1: we have about a dozen b2b customers and it's used in a variety of use cases some that have surprised us the two main ones are for uh, sales calls and customer support calls. And, uh, there, there's actually an overlapping use case for those two verticals and that's, uh, supervisors or sales managers who are doing quality assurance or training. And they have to look at maybe a week's worth of calls and see in which of those calls did the rep, you know, say something they shouldn't have, or, you know, which, which of those calls went well, and then follow up with that rep, uh, or just note down that, this is that, that rep's performance. So this is very difficult to do if you aren't a part of the call. And if you have to go through the entire audio file, skipping through, trying to figure out what happened um, or reading through the transcript, right? It's, it's a long and uh, messy process. And summarization I think is, is perfect for that uh, because you get a quick overview of what happened. You, quick, you can quickly hone in on a part of the call um, that you want to, uh, know about more, uh, and you could do this for, for, you know, a dozen calls and maybe in, in like five to 10 minutes, just by reading a quick summary of each.
0: And what are some of the unexpected uses that people are putting WordCap to?
1: So not so unexpected, but, uh, it wasn't meant for internal meetings, uh, but it is being used for internal meetings, uh, podcasts as well and even live audio, like Twitter spaces and mm-hmm. uh, clubhouse talks. So, uh, so like, I thought that was pretty interesting. Calls. It actually works better.
0: Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, forgive me. My, my, my bad. You go ahead.
1: No worries. I was just going to say it works even better for those types of talks and, uh, and podcasts, uh, because the, the quality is inherently better than telephony.
0: Yeah. So, um,
1: so the transcript comes out clear.
0: Yeah. So, so, um, how do you, how do you price your service and how, how many customers do you have so far?
1: It's a, it's uh it's a dozen customers and we price it, uh, based on consumption. right? So, uh, if, if you do a certain volume of requests per month, uh, it goes as low as one cent per summary generated. And that's regardless of the length of the input transcript, right? Yeah. So if you're inputting a, a text transcript and it's an hour long or two hours, two hours long, it's always going to be one cent to generate that summary, uh, and people really like that pricing. Uh, now it's it's a bit different if you input uh, an audio file because that audio is transcribed first, so there's that ASR component, and then that transcript is summarized. Uh, so there's additional costs uh, to that, but for the most part, maybe ninety-five to ninety-seven percent of our requests are from customers who already generate their transcripts. Mm. Uh, their transcripts, and they just feed that text in to the WordCab API.
0: Yeah, I would I would probably fit into that category. So, um, and I, as a podcaster, so um, you have eight people okay. working in the company. How are they? How are you dividing and conquering in terms of what those people do?
1: So my co-founder and I, uh, we're focused on the technical aspects, building out the infrastructure, uh, training the the AI models, as well as the sales motion, right? It's a founder-led sales motion um, where, you know, getting on demos, speaking to prospects and and customers. Uh, Then we have people working on the UI uh, UX, of course, uh, people helping us write the data set, right? Because that's a very important component um, of, of our product, creating these, uh, data sets to train the AI models on, uh, as well as a few people in R and D, right. So doing research on the future features that you will see in WorkCap, like I mentioned, emotion analysis.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've still got a lot of work to do and, and are, are you, um, you've raised about $400,000. Is that right?
1: So we raised one hundred thousand from the launch accelerator. Uh, that was kind of a pre-seed back in November twenty twenty one. And we're currently uh, raising.
0: Calcanis Cal- is um, right. And and it's a syndicate, right? It's a, the launch syndicate, so uh, yeah. it goes out to his angel list. So it,
1: initially, it was the accelerator, right? So we went through the accelerator program, oh, right. and and they give you the hundred k. Uh, it was it was similar to. Um, Y Combinator at the time before they raised their investment to 500 K. Um, and then maybe a month, about a month ago, we started raising our seed, uh, through Jason's syndicate called the And yeah, so far we've raised, uh, around 400 K and still raising.
0: And, and as part of the, um, the launch accelerator, um, for the 100,000, did they take an equity stake? Did they take options warrants? How did that work?
1: It was a convertible note, and they take uh,
0: 6%. 6%, okay. So, and I think Y Combinator, is at 7%? Is that right? Unless it's gone higher? Um, something something in that range, um, I believe. So, um, right. so, this has been very helpful for you. Um, and um, do you, as a next step, um, uh, which would, I, I guess, be a seed round or an, an A round. Which one would it be, the next, your next raise?
1: After this current seed, it would be a Series A, uh, which we're planning to do. Yeah, C to A, uh, planning to do it next year, end, end of second quarter, 2023. Uh, right. If the market uh, conditions are still uh, <laughs> chaotic, then we might push that, out, you know, another six to 12 months after that. Right. So it could be up to two years until our, our series A. But currently our, our focus is on uh, getting sales and becoming as as lean as possible. Uh, yeah. We Ideally, we'd like to operate at almost uh, zero cost um, and still be generating some progress with the product. Worst comes to worst.
0: Yeah, well, that is. Um, w- w- did the economic disruption that we're, we're in at the moment, did that change your thinking? Would you have done things differently uh, before we saw the drop in the market?
1: Not so much, not really. Um, I've always uh, bootstrapped whatever projects that uh, I've, I've went after. So that's kind of in my blood. My co-founder as well, he bootstrapped uh, a company to uh, seven figures AR and then sold it. Um, so we're we're okay going as lean uh, as possible and not relying on VC money uh, just to survive.
0: And who is your co-founder and what's his background or her background?
1: Federico Nittidi. He's based in uh, Milan, Italy. Uh, and he's, a, I w- I would call I would just call him a serial entrepreneur. His background is the Boston Consulting Group he uh, after he got out of bcg he uh, started a company called the quota which was a sales sales engagement uh software uh he sold that and then he went on to found i think two other SaaS projects and is managing several crypto funds he's he's very big into crypto into the web3 space uh as well uh and he co-founded wordcab with me in around december 2020.
0: So what is your what is your dream for this company? I think it's a strong product. Um, I've seen it in action. I really like it. I, I see uh, the use of it immediately. It's pretty obvious that it's useful. So that's a good thing. Um, let me ask, before I get to your dream of what could happen, what about competition? Who else is doing this? Who's in the conversational intelligence space?
1: There's some really solid players uh, doing this. Uh, so first of all some asr providers' speech-to-text apis are getting into the conversation intelligence space uh, they're they're slowly slowly exploring uh features outside of simple transcription including uh topic detection uh, sentiment analysis uh and and other things that would fall under that conversation intelligence umbrella one is assembly ai uh i know that rev rev.com or rev.ai uh, its subsidiary is also working on topic detection uh, within within its transcripts, uh, and then there's APIs uh, solely dedicated to conversation intelligence, including Symbol S Y M B L uh, dot AI, uh, as well as Assembly. That's not Assembly, but Assembly S E M B L Y AI. Um, so I know of those players. Uh, there are some that got acquired. Um, actually, one of our uh, one of our former advisors sold the startup to Avaya, which was doing conversation intelligence. Uh-huh. Uh, there was also uh, something called Deep Affects, which did uh, similar t- things to what we do and what Symbol does now, but they got sold to a contact center as a service software called uh, Ring Central back mm. in 20, 2019. And Ring Central integrated abstractive summaries. Uh, around 2022 quarter one, I think.
0: Interesting. Right, so they're they're
1: just integrating that feature. Um, so the space isn't too big, right? Like what I mentioned uh, makes up like the bulk of the conversation intelligence APIs that feature summarization or that have some uh, form of summarization.
0: Do you do you worry that your summaries could be misused? And here's what I mean specifically: I'm thinking. Uh, in any kind of litigation where um, they're, let me, let me, let me phrase it this way. To me, they're very useful, very helpful, but they're not hundred percent accurate. So it seems to me that in the wrong hands, um, uh, like in a lawyer's hands, trying to win a case, it could be kind of contwisted or contorted uh, in in a way that could be very harmful. Does that, is that what keeps you up at night or does anything keep you up at night about this company?
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, it's, it's why we're not going after uh, law firms or even <laughs> healthcare, right? We're, we're not, we're not going after our HIPAA certification just yet. Um, our, our primary focus is on getting things as accurate and as readable as possible. Hmm. Uh, we want a summary that's pleasant to read, but doesn't hallucinate text outside of the context of of the call or the meeting or whatever audio that you're feeding it. Um, And that's that's really been our primary focus, trying to only take the vocabulary that's located in the transcript or audio and nothing outside it. Uh, And that way, at least if something does mess up on the rare occasion that it does, uh, it, it messes up something within the context of the meeting and, and doesn't you know make up text outside of it, uh, which that, would be very dangerous.
0: What would be the um, ideal outcome for you, for your for your company, for you and your co founder and your workers? What would uh, would it be a quick exit? Would it be building this company out? How do how do you how do you feel about that?
1: We'd like to go as far as we can before selling or, or going public or anything like that, um, and. Really, this comes from the motivation of building the world summarization layer. It, it really doesn't make any sense that people are still going back and reading transcripts. It's, it's such a painful thing to do <laughs> and it's, and it's at this point, it's avo- avoidable, right? The technology's there, uh, yeah. you know, we just have to work on it. Uh, but yeah, it, it really doesn't. I, I never want to read a text transcript from top to bottom, um, ever again. And I've done that a lot, you know, yeah, while doing yeah. journalism.
0: Probably more than interviews. anybody, right? Yeah, probably more than anybody in the world, right. it sounds like. Um, so say that again. You had you had a nice little phrase there for, for um the world of summation. How did you put that?
1: Building the world's summarization layer.
0: That really reminds me of what the founders of Google said um when they were talking about, I think. Cap- what did they say? Capturing all the knowledge in the world kind of, kind of thing. And so that's not your goal. Your goal is to summarize everything in the world, I guess.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're starting with calls and, and text transcripts. Uh, but we want, we're also working on email thread summarization, chat thread mm-hmm. summarization. Uh, and after that, all types of business communications in general whatever they might be. Um, Uh,
0: Alex, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I I was just going to say, you know, with with all this recorded data uh, post-pandemic, a lot of it is just being underutilized, right? We have have all these recordings, uh, all these records, but we're not really using them to gain insights or to remember something important just because it's too painful to look back on.
0: Alex Smirkoff is the CEO and co-founder of WordCab, a uh, conversation intelligence software uh, platform uh, that really does a very interesting and and good job of summarization. Uh, You've been listening to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Michael Conniff, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F. Go to my website, michaelconniff.com um and uh alex want to thank you for being with us this has been really really an interesting um an interesting uh half hour that we've spent with you and we we certainly wish you all the luck in the world thanks michael thanks uh this is the accelerator we'll be back with another podcast before you know it